What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Uncensored Critic Podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. I really appreciate it, as always. Today, we welcome along a very special guest, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome along uh, the upcoming country star, of which the world is, is yet to experience, Mr. Orlando Mendez. And some of you may know him from his appearance on The Voice recently over there in America. Uh, for anyone who's not aware of uh, Orlando, I'll just give you a quick introduction to his work. Uh, he is the what's called the Cuban cowboy of country music, the upcoming star, a second generation American with deep Cuban roots on the cusp of something remarkable in this business. Hailing from Miami, uh, he has a childhood dream of becoming the Cuban cowboy and a captivating narrative of determination and family bonds and other unwavering love for storytelling through music. Uh, he experienced a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in The Voice, where he was managed by the incredible Camille Cabello, as some of you may know. Uh, and his latest single, Heart on the Line, is available now. Go check that out. And his upcoming EP, Where I Am Right Now, is due out later this year. So, so much to talk about, and time prevents us from going on to discuss everything. So, without further ado, Orlando, hello. Hey, Oliver, how you doing? I'm very, very honored to be here. Uh, on a Sunday morning talking to you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, the pleasure's all mine, man. Thanks so much for being in touch. Uh, so we start at the beginning. Uh, where's it all come, where did it all come from, man? The love of country music. Where's it all start for you? Yeah, so I grew up in Miami, Florida. You know, growing up, it, there wasn't a big country audience down in South Florida. And um, it is a mostly Cuban-American uh, community uh, down there. So not a lot of people listening to country music, but I actually found it when I was about um, about 13 or 14 years old. There's this guy by the name of Darius Rucker, who you mm -hmm. might know. Oh, uh, yeah. He used to oh, be yeah. the lead singer of Hootie, Hootie and the Blowfish. And I I remember listening to Hootie and the Blowfish a lot as a kid. And one day made that connection and started listening to Darius Rucker's country music, fell in love with it, the lyrics, the melody, the storytelling. And then that was kind of my gateway into, uh, into country music and many more artists who have influenced me greatly. Amazing. Uh, do you remember like the first track you ever listened to, the first country music track? Yeah, it was called Comeback Song by Darius Rucker. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Darius Rucker's, you know, uh, Wagon Wheel and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just superb. Um, so well, what, what made you want to pursue this as a career? Do you remember the first time you thought to yourself, this is what I want to be doing? Well, I, you know, a few a few years after getting into country music and listening and, you know, falling in love with the storytelling, I took a crack at writing uh, like a country song. I didn't even know how to play an instrument. I didn't know how to play guitar or piano or anything. So it was pretty much a poem at that point and wrote a poem. Um, and I was like, this is kind of cool. I could see myself doing this more. And, uh, you know, long story. Uh, but after after the pandemic and the, and the worldwide lockdown, um, I taught myself how to play the guitar um, and began to really pursue writing country songs. And, and as things started to open back up, started gigging and playing full, full blown country gigs, you know? <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the first gig back. So if you've had all the lockdowns and there yeah. you are on stage in an audience, you know, no, you know, everyone's together again, you know, there's no, nothing yeah. to say, stay away from each other. What was that experience like? That must've been quite just magical, right? It was. So actually the first gig I ever played, it's a funny story. I was in a back alley. This right. is behind a restaurant in a back alley. They wanted to do a, uh, they wanted to do a concert, but you know, they still wanted to keep people distanced as we were slowly opening back up. And so I was in a back alley playing through a guitar amp 
vocals through an amp as well. It sounded horrible, but it was my first gig. And I just remember feeling the audience interaction and knowing that this is what, you know, this is what I was meant to be doing. Um, So hundreds and hundreds of gigs after that. And I'm still as fired up about it as, as ever. Yeah, and you've also got some good, good qualifications behind you. You've got a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the University of Florida. Uh, yes. Tell me about tell me about that. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was it was, it was awesome. I, I um, since I was a kid, I wanted to attend the University of Florida. Uh, my godfather graduated from there, and so I knew I wanted to go, and I did. And and so that is another part of my history. I was an actor before I was a musician. Oh wow! And. So I studied uh, theater performance at the University of Florida, uh, many plays and and um, great, you know, experiences with TV and film and um, then kind of pivoted after. But I would I do not regret studying theater and acting. And um, I hope to go back to it one day. Oh, of course, you will. You, you never lose it. It's in your blood, mate. It's in your blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about um what sort of stuff did you do there at University of Florida? Did you do many performances or was it all kind of more writing based and stuff? No, I was uh, on stage a whole lot. I was in several plays. Right. I worked also with the, uh, there was a repertory theater in Gainesville named the Hippodrome Theater, mm-hmm. which I worked with them extensively mm-hmm. and uh, actually earned my um, my equity credits there. So I'm, I'm part of the Actors' Equity. Yeah, because here's the equity union, huh? Here's this to that. Um, so what was it about, because, um, you know, you've already touched on it already, but country music just, it seems like that really sort of sparked something inside you to really pursue this. Is there any way you could put into words exactly what it means to you, country music? Yeah, I, I always say that country music has a very foundation, some very foundational elements, which I love. You know, it's about family. It's about faith. It's about friends. It's about a good time. It's kind of, um, it, it's really about enjoying the simple things in life, which we could, we can all appreciate and we can all get back to. And I, that's why I feel like country music has no boundaries. You know, mm. I feel like country music is here for everyone, for everyone, just because it stands on those principles. Mm. Who's your, I mean, it'd be a shame to sort of pick one, but if you had to pick one of your favorites, or you can we can name more than one. So actually, no, let's let's not single one out. Just like talk about some of your inspirations. You know, who's like some of your favorite artists? I've, I've, yeah, so it's Rucker, of course. Yeah, Chris Chris Stapleton, a huge Chris Stapleton fan. Tim McGraw, uh, young Tim McGraw was some of my favorite music. And even as he grows, his you know as he grows older, his music is still as rich as ever. Um, Luke Combs. Mm. Uh, obviously sang the Luke Combs song on the show, but I'm a huge Luke Combs fan. Yeah. And the list goes on and on. There's so many. Um, yeah. Now you and me both, mate. I think that's a good lead on. Uh, tell me about The Voice. Of course, your audition song was Beer Never Broke My Heart by Luke Combs, one of my personal favorites. Uh, yeah. How was that experience? You know, the build up. What made you want to apply for The Voice in the first place? What made you want to go for it? Well, I, was, I wasn't going to actually, you know, obviously wow. being, uh, I was, you know, as an actor before, I was still signed up to all of these um, audition uh, newsletters. And the voice came across my email several times. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Always had a, a sort of yearning to do something like that, but never really uh, pulled the trigger. And then I had a friend who saw the audition notice and said, I don't care if you sign up, but if you don't, I'm signing you up. So you're doing it. You're doing it either way. So you either do it willingly or against your will, but you're doing it. And so okay. I listened to him and 
signed up for it and several virtual rounds later flew out to LA for for the blind audition yeah so what was tell me about that moment backstage you're waiting for your turn to go on what was going through your mind I mean your mind is racing right just nerves (laughs) nerves all of the possibilities you play everything out in your head you know a million times and but I was really trying to breathe, calm the nerves. I knew this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that very well may never happen again. And so I was just telling myself, we're not we're not going to let nerves ruin this, right? So just breathe, do what you do, and, and have some fun with this. This is, a, this is special. Amazing. And, of course, you got to work with the incredible Camille Cabello, if I'm saying that right. And, um, yeah. yeah, what's it like having her as a mentor throughout that process? Oh, she was great. I mean, she really, really was extremely down to earth, found a way to communicate with us that was so effective. Um, also a very talented, talented and intuitive singer. So she she found ways to just make us better. Um, I like to say before the show, there were elements of my singing voice that I was not using, mm-hmm. that I was not uh, capitalizing on. And after the show, I, I feel like I'm a much better singer mm-hmm. uh, because of her instruction. Yeah. And it felt like it was written in the stars for her to be your mentor because you both have connections to Miami, of course. I think you said in the um, audition that I think was it some of your family went to the same high school as her. Yeah. As well, My yeah. two little brothers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about written in the stars, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, so, yeah, so that process of working with Camilla and being on the show, um, what do you think? I think you've already touched on it there, but you say you really gained something. So your voice improved and you're really much more aware of your voice and what you can do with it now right yeah there's a, especially one element so before going into the show i hardly ever used my falsetto voice falsetto voice was kind of your head voice mm-hmm. um it just wasn't something i was comfortable with just wasn't something i thought i was very good at singing in my falsetto voice mm-hmm. and i did it for one of the rounds um i you know just threw out a falsetto note and she was like that right there you need to do that more because it's a cool, you know, it's a it's a cool flip when you go from this gravelly chest voice to this nice, sweet falsetto. It's dynamic. You know, you need to use that more. And I feel like after the show, I definitely, definitely have used that. You can even hear it on some of my tracks. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. And I think, the, did you go over like, because I've had a few singing lessons and you go over like the break in your voice where the chest yeah. voice stops and the head voice starts. It's like ironing that out because otherwise you get a very unique sound that comes out of that area sort of right at the top and then you've got to flip it up so i think that's really really flip good. it over flip it over absolutely cool so let's talk about your stuff so tell me about your upcoming ep what can fans expect uh which of course is called uh where i am right now what can fans expect they can expect a little piece of me uh this ep is um sort of my introduction into the country music world introduction mm-hmm. into um, my artistry and so it'll have a piece uh, you know a song which kind of goes into my history and talks about my connection with Cuba it'll have uh, some heartbreak songs which I've written it'll have some songs that are pretty vulnerable and then a, a few fun songs that kind of show a brighter side of me and, and uh, my influence with rock and roll and uh, some other elements which I which I have as an artist yeah um let's talk about your so the latest single is called um <clears throat> excuse me called a uh, heart on the line which i've had to listen to I've, and some of your team have very gladly sent over a copy for me to listen to it's a beautiful track it's a really really beautiful track about how um 
had someone if, if the vibe the immediate vibe i got from it was someone the singer and the narrator like this was they've been through a lot this is someone with a weight of experience behind it both in love and disappointment and how distant about what's going to happen is that that singer the, the person like yourself is always going to be there to to sort of go through those tough times and be like an unbreakable spirit was that part of the writing process yeah absolutely i think that's a great take on it um it was a i wrote the song by myself um shortly after the voice i was at kind of in a vulnerable spot uh, mm -hmm. kind of my life was at a sort of uh sort of very fork in the road moment about what to do next and mm -hmm. um wrote this song as I was trying to figure out, you know, what's, what was the next step and, and pretty uh, nervous about what the future had for me. Um, so I think we've all experienced a moment like that where our heart is kind of on the line of, you know, this next decision, these next, these next few uh, moments might decide whether or not my heart is full of joy or, or completely broken and kind of at rock bottom. So mm. that's, that's what fueled the song. I'm sure it will be um, the first one after the, after it's released. You know, you're just going to keep, you know, there's going to get a lot of attention, man. I feel like this is a, a really good thing that you've got here at the moment. And uh, yeah, this is brilliant. Um, so you talk about your Cuban roots as well. You know, um, something that your team's been told me about was and looking at your website and everything, which down, guys is down below in the description. Go check it out. Um, you, there's a really strong connection to your roots, your Cuban roots and everything. So um, how has that influenced your, your work? It, it is, it's influenced me greatly. Um, uh, my grandparents made a, they were ranchers and farmers back in Cuba before the Fidel Castro, Castro regime mm. uh, came into power and confiscated their land and their livelihood. And so they were made to forced to leave with nothing but the clothes on their back and, you know, made their way to Spain and then Puerto Rico and finally Miami where my parents were born. I was born. And, uh, you know, that, that story, that story of sacrifice and, um, you know, just this selfless love that, that they would have for their children and for their future children, um, influences me greatly. And, and now as I'm trying to achieve this dream, it fuels me. So you hear it in my music. I mean, I feel everything deeply. I wear my heart on my sleeve and uh, my songs hopefully reflect that. And there's a song coming named Motherland, which really delves into my history and my background and, and that whole story. Mm. So what do you think like Cuban Roots has? Because there's so many people have, because um, I was going to say that on the on the voice, um, one of the guys on the uh, panel was, of course, the great Blake Shelton, you know, who's a, yeah. a titan of country music. You know, he's just an amazing man as well as artist, um, you know, he, but he's from, oh, it's escaped me now, but he's from, he's from the Southern States and, um, yeah, he's from o Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Thank you. Uh, so it's, it's interesting how like there's a lot of Southern America that said that has influenced a lot of things, you know, Chris Stapleton, etc. but you're coming from a fresh angle. You're taking Cuban roots into this, into this business, you know? Um, so from your perspective, like, what do you think Cuban would, or what kind of influence does Cuban does Cuba have compared to not stereotypical, but your typical kind of country music like Nashville, Tennessee, you know, that kind of thing. Well, what does it have that, that the sort of typical country stuff doesn't have? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of similarities. Uh, Cuban culture is very uh, family oriented, very, uh, you know, they, 
we want to have a good time. It's very faith oriented. A lot of the elements that you see in country music. But then I believe that being of Hispanic heritage is just something about it's just so rich culturally. It's bright in colors. It's 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 uh, very rhythmic. The music is extremely rhythmic. And, um, you know, it's it's all about feeling deeply. If you are joyful, then it is, you know, we, we want to celebrate like no other like no other culture. And then, you know, obviously we feel things very deeply as well. And um, so I think that rich, um, that rich culture is something I'm trying to bring into that world of country music. Yeah. Is there a love letter to Cuba in your EP? Is there one song that is really a love letter to that? Yeah. There's there's that song motherland, which is, which is more of a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a love letter to my heritage and to, uh, to my grandparents and the generations before me. Hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned also, um, because you know, you, this song that this EP came out of time, you were sort of figuring things out after the voice and everything, but to have a mentor again, like Camilla, who, you know, she's been there, she's done it. She's doing all these great things. Um, but do, did she ever give you like a couple of pieces of, of advice? Like after you sort of parted ways, did she sort of give you something to, to sort of, um, to keep pushing forward in a way, did you, what was her like main advice for you? Absolutely. I mean, she just said to embrace, embrace who you are as an artist, you know, embrace your star power, embrace what makes you unique and makes you different. You know, it's going to be, especially now trying to break into this country scene. It does seem that, you know, at times there's, there is a little bit of friction, you know, as people are trying to figure out where is, where is a Cuban country singer? Where where's space for him in this in this um, in this business? Um, I think people are very open and receptive, but there's always a little bit of friction. So mm. she she encouraged me to just keep going, know who you are as an artist, and be truthful uh, mm. to that. Yeah, and of course you again going back to the voice. All four chairs turn around for you. Not only Camilla, uh, Blake, uh, John Legend, and of course Gwen Stefani as well. You know, all these guys turning around. I mean, what was that feeling like when you had the choice of all four of these amazing people? Well, Oliver, I never, I never, I never, um, I never thought that would happen. I really didn't. I, <laughs> I never in my wildest fantasies thought that yeah. four chairs would turn. I was praying for one. I was just like, please, Lord, give me one, one chair so I can be on the show. And so to have that decision in front of me was something I never expected. It was overwhelming, uh, but it was also, the most surreal and special moment of my life. And so um, tough. It was a tough choice. It was one that was made on the spot. I really did not know what I was going to do before beforehand. And, uh, you know, I felt in my heart, Camila had fought the hardest throughout uh, the negotiations. She fought the hardest <laughs> and really, really wanted me on her team. So, yeah, she was, she was definitely, um, she wanted you, man. She, she could really tell like yeah. she fought for you. Um, was it, not only just that, but the um, like the Miami connections and everything. You say in moments like that, when you've got to make a split decision, I think it's important to go with like your gut feel and sort of go with the person that you think is going to help you push forward. Was that what you got with Camilla? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like they're coming from the same place and from the same area. There was a, a level of understanding and communication, you know. Yeah. Um, it felt like I was talking to a friend from home. Hmm. Yeah, of course. And I think in terms of, um, you know, like, the, I'm always interested in how artists actually write music, you know, there's so many different ways that 
people do write. Some people, you know, like Elton John is always lyrics first, whereas some people like Paul Simon is always music first. You know, having time to work on your own music, um, which way works better? Is it music first? Is it lyrics first? Or is it kind of a improvisation? So both sort of happen at the same time. What is it? What is it? How do you like to work? It's, it's sort of both. It's sort of both. In the beginning, it really, it started as lyrics first always. I was always a, um, you know, lyric you know, write poems and then try to put, try to fit chords and melodies to that. Um, but now I've kind of flipped a little bit. I'll start noodling on my guitar and finding different cool uh, chord combinations, something that sounds real, real interesting or real pretty or whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Mm. And then uh, kind of shape a story around that. I always have an ongoing note section though of like, song titles you know or ideas that i'm that i'm intrigued by and that always comes into play when i'm writing mm. and um sort of going back to what you're saying there like after the voice you had as you say like a fork in the road and you know and you found a way to where you are now um for anyone who's listening who isn't who is probably still in that fork in the road or is country singer or singer or artist wherever it is um what what would you say to them in that who are going through this right now then of course you're where you are now you've gone through it what yeah. advice would you say to those people i always my my biggest advice to everyone trying to pursue a big dream is just to take some chances mm. um you know really put yourself out there i know it's easier said than done there's yeah. going to be scary moments there's going to be scary moments there's going to be uncertainty there's still uncertainty for me every single day mm -hmm. uh, you know trying to figure this out but you're you're never going to achieve a big dream if you don't take some big chances so um yeah take that big chance and and trust that uh it's gonna fall together what's meant for you is meant for you absolutely man amen to that uh but uh yeah. cool. just got a few more minutes left um orlando before you got to shoot off uh but thank you for your time today i've really enjoyed talking to you um yeah so, thank you Oliver. yeah just a couple more questions for you mate um who's your dream like who's your dream duet who would you want to duet with in the future uh casey musgraves is oh, one of my big uh really love her might might have a little crush on her don't tell don't <laughs> oh it's too late now. <laughs> uh, but no she's a, a big one for me obviously stapleton luke combs there's a lot of duets i pray that are uh down the down the line for me yeah well you heard it here first casey you heard it here first uh, <laughs> yeah uh luke combs i think is amazing i listen to him pretty much every day is, is an amazing man um yeah so apart from this ep and everything you get this release later in the year um is it okay to ask what do you have a date do you have a release date when you when it's going to be out it'll be in january oh, uh, at some point in january we're still working on the uh there there will be a few more single releases there before i have another single entitled bad decisions it's coming out october 27th right um and then there will be at least one more single release before the end of the year and then an EP early, early next year. Brilliant. Uh, well, where can fans access that? Access that? Are we on Spotify or on YouTube? Yeah, Spot Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon Music, everywhere you can enjoy. Brilliant. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that, guys, I'm sure. I can't wait to hear what more you do, man. It's going to be amazing stuff. You know, you've got a great song out already and I can't wait to hear the whole thing. So fantastic fantastic stuff so far and one final question for you for you sir uh it's probably already talked about this already but it's a, the last guest i have a uh, last question i have for every guest which is 
what would you say was an experience or experiences you've had in your career up to this point that you're never ever going to forget? Ooh, experience up to this point. Um, I mean, it would be an easy answer to say the voice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> but, I was thinking it might be a bit of a too easy a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that one's easy. Uh, it's That was obviously the voice is one of the biggest. So there's a specific round on the voice. I'll give you this. The third and last round I was in it was the knockout round. Um, it's very special for me. My uncle had passed away uh, two weeks before the filming of that. Um, sorry. Last round. He passed away with after a battle with cancer and it, it it just all kind of fell together i was able to sing a song which is near and dear to my heart called um uh live like you were dying by tim mcgraw yes. and a song that i had sang several times in the past but had a new meaning for me now and to take that to national air and national tv and sing that and do it as an honor uh, to my uncle and to remember him and the influence he had on my life, um, that was special. That's something I'll never forget. I didn't care how that round ended. I didn't care if I stayed on the show or, or left the show. I just wanted to make my uncle proud and, and put that on TV because he was a special person in my life. Yeah, amazing. I'm sure he was watching over and he was very proud of you, mate. I'm very, really proud. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. fantastic. Orlando, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I can't wait to see what more you do. And congratulations on what you've achieved so far with The Voice and with the EPs. Um, yeah, I'll keep an eye out on Spotify, Apple Music for what work you do in the future. It's going to be amazing, man. And I can't wait to see you up there with the greats, with, with Stapletons and the Luke Combs and everything. I look forward to it. So uh, Thank you, Oliver. I appreciate you. Are, are you in the UK? I am, yes. I'm just um, okay. just outside London, yeah. So uh so early evening over here, so which is nice. So now I can settle down. Fantastic. For well, I want to, uh, I have in my plans to go and tour uh, the UK. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be next year. If not very, very soon, I'm applying for a few things to go tour the UK and and uh, and more of Europe. So hopefully, maybe get right. to connect with you one day. Absolutely, man. Uh, any tours of America coming up soon? Yeah, there's a there's a bunch uh, being planned for next year, early next year, some Florida tours, Southeast, um, and then planning some uh, Canada tour as well. So oh, that amazing. will be a lot of fun. And then going to have to make my way over to the UK yep. at some point. Yeah, have your mandatory visit. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So you, if you just hang on, Orlando, I'll finish the recording. I'll say goodbye to you one to one. Um, sadly, the, sadly, I've only got half an hour, so I've had to make the most of you. So thank you for that, uh, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This has been the Uncensored Critic Podcast, and I'll be back very soon. And for the final time, Orlando, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Oliver. Appreciate it.